You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. morning. Everybody doing well this morning? Yep. Rested well? Mm Mm-hmm. I did, yeah. Good. <laughs> I felt like I rested well when I when I uh woke up and then now I feel like just drab like is that a word that you use there? Drab? Drab? And I it makes it. sense though, you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm draggy kind of a little bit. Yeah, I understand draggy. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Got a lot of work to do today. So I gotta push through. <laughs> I mean you told me last night. He left our bedroom where usually, you know, he like winds down, relaxes, and set, he's sitting at the dining room table, and I'm like, what's he doing? And he's like, I'm sitting here because I'm so tired. It was only 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was like 8. Like, I don't want to fall asleep. And so you stood up, uh, some sort of obligation that you have to stay up until like 11 right, Well, I don't want to wake up at like 3.30 a.m., like just wide awake, and then me crashing by... 10 a.m., which here we are. (laughs) It's not even 10 a.m. yet. So, yeah. So, we have some some, uh, administrative. It's not administrative. I'm trying to make it sound important. It's not that important. (laughs) Anyway, so what we're doing is, uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're interested in watching this on YouTube, um, we've been uploading this to our regular YouTube channel, Red Roots, and we'll probably do that for the next two weeks or so. But what we're going to do is start slowly moving all the podcast stuff to its own channel. And that channel is Red Roots Podcast. Surprise. A creative name, right? <laughs> no, I mean, sense, it's yeah. just the, when the idea is just to separate it from the video blog stuff. and Because and, everything gets mixed in. When people go to the channel and you see an hour-long video, you know, of us sitting at the table. And like, yeah, it's just kind of a different, like you have to go wanting to hear that. And so we're going to move that to its own channel. And then keep uh, the video blogs and the food stuff, which we need to get back to doing. It's just been, life is, it's not been hectic. It's just a different rhythm, you know? And so we just, just doing it is we have to sit down and do it and kind of plan out what we're going to eat and stuff like that for the, the Just Try It videos. Also, we're going to change the name from Just Try It because um, there's some other stuff with the name Just Try It. And I didn't know until I, <clears throat> I'm going back to the sleepy voice for some reason, <laughs> like I'm going backwards. Um, but I didn't know until, I don't know, we just put, we just threw something on there. Like, uh, let's just try it. Well, I just, I remember how it came out. Like, you guys were eating, recording. And no, no, we had talked about it before, oh, but okay. then, like, we didn't really decide. And then on, like, the first one, we were like. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just like, yeah, let's just call it, just try it. Like, <laughs> okay. so it wasn't, we didn't put a ton of thought into it. Because kind of didn't know how it was going to go either. I was kind of just more antsy to get through the videos and kind of see how, what it was going. So. I don't know. I, I liked them. After we got in the rhythm, after the first couple, I liked them a lot. Uh, and then that last one was funny. And then <laughs> we have one more, um, the the coconut bread one. Mm. I have it. And for some reason, it doesn't even make sense. I um, I didn't upload it because I wanted to wait until we had more content. But it doesn't even make sense because what I was trying to do is, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to save this one. So that it can flow. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense because equally we haven't uploaded in weeks anyways. So even if I had uploaded it, it still would have been weeks. Of, you know what I mean? Like, anyways, outthinking yourself. <laughs> Classic case. It made sense at the time, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think it did. Um, I just think I didn't think it all the way through. So anyways, you want to get back to that. And so that'll be on this channel. If you're watching this, um, it'll be on this channel. And then... Um, yeah, Red Roots Podcast will be on this other channel. So we'll mention that a few times over the next few weeks and kind of get people who are interested in this or watching the podcast um, to go over to that channel. And so, yeah, that's that. Makes sense. I mean, to you guys, because you've heard me talk about it. We'll see. Like get one subscriber in three weeks and so. That's the way it works. Nothing else today? Oh, I was just going to add because of the awkward silence. We've got YouTube channel artwork on there, too. Yay! It's not just a plain banner. I mean, nobody cares for me, but... <laughs> wait, wait, you have to... Def- what is the difference The YouTube between- banner. I mean, right, but what is a plain banner and what is a... Uh, it's just a default gray background versus 
an actual channel banner okay. that says Red Roots Podcast. And it has our picture on there. Yeah, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like, it takes a while, even though it's 2020, and this is literally a tech company, Google, who owns YouTube, it takes a long time for your stuff to show up in searches. And there's some weird thing that it takes, it takes a while sometimes, right? It takes like a week sometimes or whatever for people to search your stuff. Oh, yeah. You can't yeah, find it. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but whatever. Uh, we need to get to 100 subscribers so we can customize the URL. So if you're listening. Oh, boy. That's a long ride. We're only at 114 on Red Roots. Yeah, but not if you're Jalen. We got to feature her. I know. Do a couple more episodes with them. <laughs> She's two more days editing. <laughs> strategizing a, on how to get a free you custom url on youtube yeah put cute kids and bring some bring some of the pets in and they can that'll get some that summons right that'll get the views up mm-hmm. having animals and little cute little rabbits and ducks and gerbils and birds and all that all of it so yeah have you seen that uh, this has nothing to do with anything but have you guys seen those videos they're like old videos but clips have been, like, over the years, you see clips of it, like, just like, you know, because the period we live in, they find clips of different stuff. But there's this guy, he sits at a table, and it was some type of TV show. Like, it almost looked like an infomercial type thing. He would sit there live, and he would talk about taking care of different animals. And he would have all these animals, like, on the, ta- on the table. And it was just chaos. Like, there's a baby kitten, and there's a rabbit, and there's a like a puppy, and there's like like all these animals are there. There's a monkey, and like they're just messing with each other. They're falling off the table. What have you never seen this? No. No. Oh gosh. No. Uh, anyways, have to show it to you guys. It's very. I was just thinking that's what this would become if we tried that. But joke's done. You guys never seen it, so. Sounds yeah. cool. So, anyways, what is it that we want to talk about today? I just need to quickly go turn off some lights. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Go for it. <laughs> I think the outside lights are on. Someone must have texted them or something. Oh, okay. So, um, so (laughs) (laughs) should we wait? (laughs) It's like the most awkward thing that's ever happened, David. (laughs) I was like, what did he say? I have to go turn some lights off. So, anyways, um, so we're doing, if you don't know, we are doing, we started doing a fundraiser and we are doing a fundraiser to. Bribe, bribe. What? <laughs> Buy property. I thought you were going to say bribe. So I was like, <laughs> no, 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 we're no not. bribing. Buy property for Future Community Center. Okay. Where's the property? You want to? Uh, yeah, the property is right behind our house. Okay. And um, I was going to talk about measurements, but I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. I need to measure it. There's so. There are, there are three lots behind our house, and we launched a campaign um, just last week, I think it was, um, to raise money for, 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 obviously, buy one at a time. I mean, I guess we could buy all three at once if we wanted. Um, did you get them turned off? I think so. <laughs> Wait to find out the right one. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, yeah, so there's three pieces of property uh, behind our house. And the first one um, it was at $10,500. Uh, that's how, my, how much it costs. And um, it seems like we're going to have everything that we need for that. We're just kind of waiting on a few things to come through. Um, the other two pieces are $12,000 a piece. Um, yeah, so we wanted to buy the first one first. And then, uh, yeah, obviously, and then the kind of move on to the next two or whatever. But uh, the first one is directly behind our house, and the other two are just right next to it, like literally side by side. And so um, there's no buildings or anything on it. And, yeah, the idea is um, – Long term, we want to build a community center and just uh, community center based projects there. And so, um, so yeah, we want to talk about that today about like what do we want to build? What do we see? What do we feel the needs are? And like in the community and just different stuff. And um, we've talked about this before, but I think, I mean, we'll talk about it again as well. But you know, because this is a big part of uh, what we do, what we want to do, and kind of who we are and where we're going as a ministry here. So, um, so yeah, um, so the first step obviously is to acquire property. You got the wrong ones. <laughs> He's getting frustrated. <laughs> so the first, uh, the first step is buying prop- is buying the property, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, hopefully we'll have the one acquired by the end of the month, uh, the first one. Yeah. Hopefully, so that'd be great. That's just so crazy 
to me because I remember when we were sitting down with the with the landowner who's a friend um, and like mapping out when we could realistically you know pay her for it and it was like going into sometime next year that we were early next year that we we had and we thought we were kind of pushing it to like maybe yeah. you know we can do it by this date um, and I'm just so so overwhelmed and, and thankful um, and excited that we were able to do it even before the year's up, you know. It's yeah. just, God is good. He's faithful. He is faithful. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know, every time, man, like, just your stocks get knocked off by, like, you know, you just, you don't know how it's going to go or what's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know. And it works out. It just, it literally always works out, God. And even, like, if it doesn't seem like it's working out, like, if, I don't know if that makes, like, in the moment, sometimes it seems like it's not going to work out. Yeah. And it, maybe it doesn't work out in the way that you thought it was going to work out. But then still, like, later, later, it works out. And you understand, like, why it didn't work out the way you thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, yeah. like, it's very, his plans are very intricate. It is. And very, and, like, I mean, worry is 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 probably too far. But there's a reason for us to be kind of feel like, okay, well, wait a minute. And, like, not down, but, like, because, you know, it's our responsibility to do stuff, too. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's, we're stewarding this stuff and so um but it's interesting how it kind of always works out but equally how we like fall back into the same rhythm of like nervousness and and worry and stuff every time you know i think just from a human uh perspective it's like we look at so many different variables like well you know we're in a pandemic people are struggling um uh, they don't have extra funds laying around to just give to a community center project that's not in their community center or you're thinking like I don't know, it's just so many different things. Like, well, you know, if if this comes through or if this happens and, and God's just like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not he's not worried about ifs, ands, or buts, uh-huh. or maybes, or... Just like, such a steady, consistent, um, uh, reliable source. <laughs> yeah, the, the source. The source, exactly. Yeah. And I think, like... The temptation is to you want to know everything that God knows, you know, and yeah. so when you're walking and stuff and like you want to that's and it turns into uh, like sin, you know, I mean, that's what Eve did. They want to know everything that God knows. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, we're trying to do this stuff. And so the temptation is to be like, all right, I want to know everything that God knows because I want it to be easy. I don't mm-hmm. want to be able to make all the right. But you kind of want to be in control is really what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so you're you, you're coveting the control and the uh, all powerfulness that God has. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to take the uncertainty yeah. out, take the need to want to trust, to have to trust, you know, in, yeah. in God. It's like, why do I have to have to trust when I can just know where, where it's all going to come from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, he just wants you to trust in him. That's all he really wants you to do. <laughs> like not, not much more. It's like trust in him and walk as if you trust in him. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of, it you know and lean not on your own understanding yeah i was just you know that's the full-on like trust in him and like don't worry about trying to know what i know like just know that i know what i know and all you need to know is that i know what i know you know <laughs> and and so but it's a tough thing because we do we cover that power and that all knowingness or whatever so um just want to get into some of the ideas and plans that we have for here and maybe some of the needs that we've seen and just kind of have that conversation now that Simon's back, I didn't want to leave you behind on that. So I would have just listened to it later. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, <laughs> but I want you to participate in the conversation. So, <laughs> so all right. So obviously, what, okay, what is, let's start here. What is it? We say community center a lot, but what is that? What is that? Like, is it, I mean, because we have, where I'm from, we have North Charleston Community Center. There's a basketball court in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a swimming pool outside there. I don't know, stuff like that. They may do karate lessons or something. I don't know what they do mm-hmm. anymore, but um, if baseball field, you know what I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. Is it is it is that what we want to do? I know. Grow, uh, growing up, whenever I we my mom worked at a community center, and and we went every single day. We got homework help, tutoring. You know, um, there were summer camps, summer programs, and growing up to me, it was just a place with a purpose to keep kids off the street because mm-hmm. if you were on the street, you were getting into trouble. If you mm-hmm. were in the streets, you were getting into trouble. So it was their way of reducing uh, or eliminating a next generation of violence, I don't know, uh, reduce the prison rates in our community, 
by occupying us and, mm. and teaching us skills like karate and stuff. Um, but but what we we're going to do is so much more deeper than that because yeah. I what we didn't get was the restoration factor that we're we're looking to give to our community and to people in our community. So it never went past the hour that you spent at the community center. You have fun here, and then you go back to your same situation. You might be hungry when you go back home, and and they couldn't and didn't do anything to help that. You might go back to a, a situation at home where you're being sexually abused or uh, physically abused, and there was nothing being done. Um, and they weren't believers either, so I don't know if they even had that that idea to want to do that. But I think the beauty and in, in, in the challenge also and what we want to do was that uh, we want to not just invite people to come in, but we want the influence and the change that takes place there to kind of penetrate their homes and, and their lives as well and, and transform them from, you know, starting here, but, but going outward, you know, it's not just come in here because this is a great place. It's come in here and then we're going to become part of, part of a family and community. And, and this starts a process of change for all of us, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, we just want to wreck the culture, you know what I mean? And like, I know people say stuff like that a lot. And then we do like, I mean, we do like prayer marches and stuff, which is great. And that's, that is obviously a key part of it. But I think, you know, we have to really get, you know, put on our muck boots and get it, get in there. Like, you know what I mean? Make stuff happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, you know, in the video I talked about, and I mean, I talk about it all the time, actually. I mean, you guys know more than anything. It's like, and in church as well. <laughs> like, I say the same stuff all the time, but it's because it's true and it's something that we need to understand. But, um, you know, like we're created in God's likeness and image initially, you know, Adam and Eve. And, and obviously when they when sin came into the garden, they um, still God made in God's image, but they lost the likeness. And so like so then in the community, you see all these things. You see death enter into the community, uh, Cain and Abel. You see, you know, you see all this wickedness that's entered into the community. And, and there's a culmination of, it's not the culmination, but the, there's a point, uh, the initial culmination, I guess you can say, of that is it just gets so wicked and nasty. The community is so messed up that God is like, man, forget it. I'm about to flood this joint. Mm -hmm. Like, let me just find one. Like, let me, like, because I'm about to kill everybody. Like, let me just find one. It's not that they don't have image, but they don't, they don't understand that they're made in God's image. And you can't. Any, uh, you can't, anyways, yeah, so he says, forget it, whatever, destroy the flood comes along, and then it, it, the cycle kind of repeats, right? Yeah. Like, as we continue on, God, you know, finally just picks these people, like, I'm going to make my own nation of people that aren't better, but I'm going to preserve myself through them, and I'm going to bring them a savior to be able to restore what? My likeness, because then that restores the full relationship, the community of who God is. And again, going back again, I've said this a million times and I probably said a million times more is God in himself as a community that, you know, Father, Son and Holy Spirit um, were made in his image and his likeness. So if he's a community and that's what his fullness is, then our fullness as well is in community. But we can't find our fullness in brokenness. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is, is because we've lost our likeness, we've lost. And then uh, even people that uh, people, everyone still has to get, carries the image of God, but they've lost their likeness and lost the ability to understand that we are made in the image of God. So we can't function as a community in, our, in the fullness of who we are apart from that community. And so God sends Jesus to come and obviously down the cross and reconcile all things back to himself and really uh, pay the price for our sins so that he's restoring his likeness in us. And so it's be like Christ is what people always say. Be like Christ. What is it? So we're going back to the likeness. Jesus is God. He's God in the flesh. And so getting back to the likeness of God through the bridge that Jesus built. And so now we are not only image bearers, but we are being restored back to his likeness. Mm -hmm. And so when we restore back to his likeness, the, those signs that you see in the community are being restored now where hate and anger and bitterness used to exist. Now love happens, love and forgiveness and patience and, you know, all, and, and reconciliation happens. And so where drunkenness and, and, and bitterness and, you know, whatever, any type of habits, yeah. now those people are reconciled back to, uh, again, understanding that I'm an image bearer of God, but equally begin to walk into uh, the, the path of walking of, of the likeness of God. And so now we're being restored back to that. And so that's the perpetual cycle of going to all the world to make disciples is it, it has implica major implications on all the world, on everything. But yes, on nature as well. God, this is all God's creation. And he's coming back to restore everything. It's not just mankind. He's restoring everything. Yeah. And so um, 
the implications of us going back to, uh, sorry, of salvation, I don't know what happened, of salvation for us is, is uh, Jesus restoring, uh, through his sacrifice, restoring the likeness, the likeness. And so when it restores the likeness, then that restores our relationships, because that's what was destroyed in the garden, right? Is when they fail, is relationship, relationship with God, relationship with one another, relationship with uh, creation, all of creation Jack was jacked up. And so, um, after, I mean, shoot, you see, you, you know, we don't know what the difference is, but we know the animals are different from the garden and, and then after Noah. And I don't know, I'm not going to make stuff up, but we can have a gazillion conversations on this. But between Adam and Noah, there's a downfall of the animals. And we see Noah calling people, these, or bringing these, God sends the animals onto the ark. And I think, don't quote me on this, but even I'm going to quote it. But I think it's after Noah is when God tells Noah that the, the animals are going to fear them. So prior to that, animals didn't fear people like that. And prior, and, and when God gives Adam and Eve what to eat, he says, I give you every seed and every plant and whatever, every fruit to eat. But then when Noah, he says he gives them these things, but he, you can eat meat as well. So like, I don't think that people are eating meat until after Noah. So there, anyways, my point is, is there is, there is a downfall of all, like everything falls apart. So relationship with one another, relationship with God, relationship with creation. And so now Jesus restores our relationship with God, which relates, restores our relationship with one another, and then restores our relationship with creation as well. And so when we are restored people, that's what we should see where we go. It shouldn't just, it cannot, it cannot ever, ever, ever just be uh, prayer meetings or just singing in church or whatever. It has to be reconciliation. I was just uh, listening to a sermon this morning and he was talking about, um, talking about that, uh, Jesus is talking about when you go to leave a sacrifice or something like that, and you have an unreconciled relationship in your life. Put the sacrifice to the side. I'm going to preach on this this Sunday, too, which is why it was funny. How I, anyways, um, put the sacrifice to the side and go and fix your issues and then come back and do. So don't you don't even need to be in church singing if you have. Un <laughs> I mean, and, and we say, well, that's a lot. No, 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 no. That's the issue is it's not supposed to be these long times between reconciliation and our relationships. It's supposed to be something that we are actively and constantly doing and reconciling and forgiving and seeking. And not reconciliation takes two people, so I fully get it. Yeah. But he's talking about if you have something against your brother or against your sister that you haven't or your neighbor or whoever that you haven't at least tried to deal with on your part of it, then you don't have any business doing this other stuff because that's, that's worship too. And so that's, that's not even worship. That is who we are and we're created for worship. So what does that mean? It looks like reconciliation in everything that we do. And so... With the community center, when we look out, we see absentee fathers. We see cheating, and I don't know what that's called, uh, cheating. Infidelity. <laughs> infidelity. I knew those were like a better word. Uh, infidelity. We see uh, drug abuse. We see, I mean, those guys that were stealing stuff before that have never set foot in this neighborhood ever since that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but we, you know, the, big time drug abuse over there. I mean, that. so we see... Um, like, dare I say laziness? And I don't. I, I want to be very careful with that word, word because I don't want to paint the culture as a lazy culture. That's not what I'm saying at all. But we see well, laziness really comes from people who don't understand their purpose. It's not like we all we we all have the potential to be lazy. Like let's not get that. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it, the only, the times that we're most lazy is the time that we detach from our purpose and forget why we're here, and we we don't have a reason to wake up anymore. And so I don't say that as an insult. I say that as a thing of, oh, remember who you are. You're made in God's image and God wants to do great things through you. And he wants to uh, reconcile things through you and through anything that you do in life. And so through this community center, we want to be able to set up programs. Yes, definitely preach the gospel, discipleship and everything, build relationships, church at the center of all of this. Right. But equally, not just teach, bring people into the church and teach them how to give offering and how to sing the songs and how to find, you know, Psalms 91 in their Bible. Like, that's not enough. And so we want to do that. Yes, absolutely. But equally, teach people how to work well, how to manage your money for the glory of God, how to want to give art courses to kids for the glory of God. We want to give small business courses to people who don't know what to do with it, you know, need the they maybe have a small business idea or whatever, but so they can 
take care of their family to the glory of God. You know what I mean? And so like and so so on and so forth. We want to have a, um, our community garden stuff, our community. We want people to be able to uh, produce and grow their own food to the glory of God, to take care of their family, to sell, to do whatever, to really be able to provide for themselves and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, photography, videography, all these different things. We want to have a study for pastors and uh, not just pastors, but people to be able to come and study. And when I, I, and you actually had the idea, but and then I've been thinking about it, to be able to have just a library uh, of sorts of um, commentaries and all these different things. And hopefully, I don't know if they would even come. That's the issue. But um, allowing other pastors and ministers to have a space to come in where they can use Wi-Fi and they can study. Because some of these sermons are just are terrible, to be completely honest with you. Mm. And, uh, okay, so what are we going to do? They're terrible. Are we going to just... Um, like criticize and say, oh, they're terrible, they're terrible, they're terrible. That doesn't help. Okay, or we can provide a space to where they can come and they can study and kind of, you know, learn a little bit better and have internet access to things that maybe that they don't have access to. They're doing their best, possibly. Mm-hmm. They just don't have access and to the information. And on top of that, stuff. on top of providing access to it, you know, we've talked about even doing training courses and, and uh-huh. classes with with church leaders and pastors and helping equip them as well. I think I think our approach is a little bit different from others is because we're not creating programs and finding a way to intertwine Jesus into it. We're, we're looking at the bigger picture and saying, okay, this is our goal. Now let's create programs that help us get there. You know, it's, so it's, it's flipped. So it's going to be, yeah. I think a lot more fluid. It's not going to look really random because we have, <laughs> we have this big goal. And, and we know that when we break that big goal down, this is practically how we're going to get there. You know? Yeah. So. And I think like to, well, I, the reason I, I mean, the reason I say to the glory of God and everything is because it's literally to the glory of yeah. God. But equally, I say that I make sure that I'm clear in saying that because it supposedly is supposed to put a layer of excellence on top of things. So now we can't just come and everybody color your sheet. Yay. I mean, that's OK for a kid's activity. But when I say art, I don't mean just people coming and doing stuff and getting a pat on the back mm-hmm. just to say they participated. I mean, like legit art program. If you're not good, you get cut from the program. Like, like to, you know, demand excellence and kind of really in that way and to do this well and to really produce like artists, people that can really actually make art and not just to think because like, I know that maybe that sounds bad, but we have a tendency as as just Christians in general, right, to do something and it's just a checklist thing. Oh, look, we had our class. We had 80 participants. Yay. But no one gets better. No one learns anything. Hmm. I mean, there may be a lot of people that are like talented, but they don't even know they're talented or maybe they have potential and they don't know. or Maybe they, they're not good at drawing or painting or whatever yet. But it, like really put pressure, not put pressure on them, but like really teach them and like push them. That's the word. Hmm. Push them to be able to really get better and learn better. Hmm. And so if somebody comes and they thought I was just coming to do a, a fun art project. No, that's not. And so that's what I mean when I say get cut from the program. But like. Equally pushing people to develop their their talents, their God-given talents and excellence and like really teaching like, uh, let's say it's for like painting. Let's say it's a graffiti workshop or something. I don't know. But like the details and the the, the, the science behind different ways to hold, like not just like who can paint, spray paint a smiley face? Mm-hmm. Oh, who can spray paint a cross? <laughs> Jesus died on the, yeah, like he did. But you know what I mean? Like oversimplifying things and, and doing things halfway is not just not the way. I think back to conversations we've we've had and, and continue to have um, about how, you know, we are we are made in the image of God, who is the creator. But for some reason, we're some of the biggest consumers and not creators of content. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, with that, with that idea is that we're training people to be creatives, creators of things mm-hmm. and not just sit back in life and consume, consume, consume. I mean, we try to teach our girls that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, what Romano asked them, like, what have you read today? What have you done today? What have you made, created today? You know, yeah. just creating that that habit of... Um, Read something, learn something, create something. Yeah. Those are the daily, the supposedly daily rules of our house. <laughs> you read something every day, you create something every day, and you learn something every day. And um, just, just cha- changing bad habits... Um, in people's everyday lives and even if it's just one habit you know where they they are even they even feel empowered to like man god created me to be a creator i can do something and just building it builds confidence um and it um encourages creativity and 
and reduces the the fear of failure too because mm -hmm. you know when you create you're going to fail at it because you have to do it over and over again to get it right so i don't know i think i like that that idea that we we will also take that approach to the programs that we do mm -hmm. the art programs now you're going to be creators not just um being busy you know yeah. there's a difference so. yeah well i mean it goes back like you were saying i think things can start with good intentions and then before you know it you, once mm. standards start letting slip or whatever it just becomes a pastime and i yeah. think when you hold a um when you hold things to a certain standard or a certain excellence then i think it helps people as well because it helps people discover what what they are actually passionate about mm. and helping them realize okay it's okay to to start an art project and then two weeks in realize oh i'm not passionate about yeah, yeah. art and move on try yeah. something yeah. else absolutely but i think there's a tendency of people being like oh but ramon and melinda my friends go to the art program <laughs> and i've got yeah. nothing else to do on a thursday afternoon yeah. so i'll go along as well i don't yeah. really like art but I'll, I'll, I'll tag along and then before you know it you're running an art course where 50 percent of the people don't actually have an interest in art they just don't have anything else to do yeah. on the thursday mm -hmm. afternoon and i think um you know, it's kind of like protecting from that so that the people who are there and that want to learn can actually grow and get better and mm. you know have the facilities to be able to do that but also then moving people on and saying okay maybe art isn't for you but what about music what about small business what about sewing um finding areas for that suit people not just like trying to put people in different areas and say mm. oh everyone is now a drummer everyone now needs to learn to play the drums but actually yeah, yeah finding your place and finding where people fit in which is a, a huge disadvantage in um low-income communities and mm -hmm. poor areas you know we we i didn't grow up having opportunities to explore you mm -hmm. had to choose something and stick with it because i'm not wasting my money on a year worth of this and you're not going to be good at it you know um whereas i i know from having friends whose families are more affluent affluent or affluent I don't uh, even know the uh, word. No, That's how poor I was. Speak. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the A. I don't. It's, now you got me affluent? confused. It's affluent, affluent or affluent. affluent. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Um, whose families were more affluent that they were allowed the opportunity to try things for a week and say, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like it at all. Okay, mm -hmm. let's try something else, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so I, I love that we will get to provide that mm. to to people who normally, you know, would not have that yeah. opportunity to explore. But equally pushing kids too and getting out of the quitter mentality. Yeah, not that. Yeah, yeah. Because like, because like, oh, it's getting the, hard. I'm gonna quit. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there is a, a point where well, this is not for me. Yeah, yeah. And like, it is better to realize that right away instead of like wasting your. But then equally, yeah, there's a part where it's like if it gets hard, which we see that a lot, mm. is uh, and there's low self-esteem, low confidence, like you're saying, um, is that when something gets hard. We just talked about this the other day in the football program when kids mm. do something and it's hard. It's not even really hard. They just can't do it, and so they tend to like quit mm -hmm. and that's not okay either but yeah it goes you know it goes every way really it's just finding a balance one thing i would i would like to do is i would like to do a reading program with these kids man mm -hmm. somehow reward system for reading stuff mm -hmm. just read like people in our neighborhood at least i'm not gonna speak for anywhere else but people in our neighborhood don't read one is they don't have access to books and when you don't have access to books we can change that but just giving access to books isn't going to all of a sudden make everybody yeah, yeah. start wanting to read because it's never been for generations. They've never had access to books. Yeah. So there doesn't exist a passion for reading. It's like for Internet. We have some of the kids that come to our church and we give them access to the Internet that we have here in this office. We have a laptop right over in this room over here. We have a MIDI keyboard and we have like we have all this stuff for them to be able to like learn and practice. And they can produce their own content in here if they wanted to. But they just don't have that mentality. And I told them that a couple weeks ago, so you guys are spoiled, man. Like, we didn't have a place like this when we were kids. And they don't take advantage of it. And so one kid, he has a guitar. And so we have everything you need. Uh, a few years ago, someone gave us, like, uh, we put it on our Amazon wish list. And someone bought us all the stuff you need to clean, guitars and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, we have all this stuff. So the kid was coming and he was doing just basically maintenance on his guitar. Broke everything down, was cleaning everything because... He hadn't done it in like a year and a half. Everything was rusty. And I mean, in six months, he basically wasn't going to have a guitar. And so he was doing it. And like I was telling him, like, dude, take advantage, take advantage. And so he came in like a week later and was or just a few days ago. And he's like, they call me uncle. That's like a thing here. It's like, it's not just me. They call, if you're a person involved in their life, they call you uncle. They don't really call you mister that much. Even like the girl's friends when I go to football, they're like, Tio. Like, hey, what's your name? I've never, like, anyways. And so, um, so he, you know, he comes in, he's like, Theo, uh, 
guess what? I, I learned how to, and he did. He fixed, his, he fixed his guitar all up and he tuned it and he calibrated everything and whatever. And I was like, oh, where'd you learn that? And he was like, on the internet. I said, what? You mean to tell me on Al Gore's internet, <laughs> you can, you can find, like, you can learn stuff? And he was like, yeah. Like, he just wasn't picking up on the sarcasm initially. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I said, you mean to tell me they teach people how to do stuff they need to do on the internet? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it took him a while to pick up on it. And he finally picked up <laughs> on it, like my sarcasm. And I was like, dude, like the internet's been here for years. Like we've been telling you guys for years you can do it. He was so excited that he like, he watched the video and he did what they said in the video. It's, it, I mean, not everything is that simple, but a lot of things are. So he was able to do that. And, um, you know, so now it's like, hopefully, I was talking to him the other day because we went downtown, I went downtown with him or whatever. I was like, hey, like, should really start taking advantage of the internet. TikTok is is cool. They have little videos and stuff, but that's not really your best use. <laughs> TikTok and like just random videos on YouTube is not your best use of the internet. So that's fine. They see that stuff, but equally like understand all the information that you have access to when you have that, you know. Yeah. And so hopefully changing his culture, yeah. like his just personal idea of the seeing this as a tool. Yes, a tool for enjoyment, but equally, man, a tool for advancement and learning how to do things and produce things and whatever. For sure. Because he made the comment to me a while back. It's like, you and Rudy know how to do a lot of stuff. I want to be like you guys. And I was like, do you know how we learn how to do a lot of stuff? <laughs> First of all, because we're broke and we don't have anybody <laughs> else to do it. But second of all, we have internet. Like, I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, I don't say poverty. That's an extreme. But like not having money sometimes, sometimes is a blessing. Because you learn how to do so much more stuff. And you know what I mean? You have, you're forced to learn. Because either you quit or you learn. And so you're forced yeah. to learn how to really create all this stuff. And so it pushes you. So the internet, let me figure this out. You know? Yeah. I mean, this podcast is a product of that. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So anyways, just changing that culture of like people researching and really using tools of books, internet, reading, and stuff like that. And I think that's a long... Uh, a, a, it's a long... Um, it's a, it's a journey. It's not something that's going to change like that. Yeah. But definitely, because I have books in my office and like try to get people to like, hey, borrow some books. I buy these for you guys to, you know what I mean, to use. And so a few people have been reading it. Uh, Carlos came up to me that day. He's like, man, I've been reading that book. It's so crazy. How You know what I mean? And so like it's been really good or whatever. But I would like to get more and have a space dedicated to that, like reading and learning and studying yeah. and really promote that part of the culture because we don't have access to a lot of stuff here in Bolivia all together and it's even less here in trinidad but we can get books you know there's that bookstore down there whatever we can get this stuff and if we can just change that part of the culture mm -hmm. well then it just changes everything because mm -hmm. if you're studious and disciplined i mean we can take us wherever we want to go and yeah. so you know just trying to kind of promote that and so that's what like starting kids young instead like because it's hard to teach adults to get to the habit of reading you know like because you've spent 30 years watching tv and now all of a sudden oh, i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna read a book a week no you're not you're going to read three pages and then start watching Netflix. You know what I mean? Because it's so much harder to, to start as an adult. But if it's normal, just kind of normalize reading. That's the best way to say it, I think. And so, yeah, anyways, that's one thing I would like to do and I think would change a lot in our community and just kind of normalize learning and reading. Mm -hmm. And I think long term, it would improve the education system, too, because it changes your frame of mind. It doesn't make it interesting all of a sudden, but you're, you know how to learn. And you're interested in mm -hmm. receiving information and you read at a, at a higher level you read easier so your studies will improve by that and so i, I think it'll change a lot because then you're you're also uh raising up critical thinkers so absolutely. it'll even change how they vote it absolutely can change the political system here absolutely and, um, and what people are are willing to um uh endure in their in their leaders mm -hmm. and, um, and what they they know is just like because because for the most part most of the time people are like that's just how it is mm. you know and they mm -hmm. don't know another way of doing things yeah. and so they trust their leaders even though we can look at them and say like man these people are corrupt and they're not trustworthy or yeah. you know um i'm not saying these people like bolivians i'm talking about those corrupt politicians you yeah. know um and, and to know that this is not okay and there's a better better way and yeah. a better hope for their future you know right now it's just for for a lot of people it's just how things are and they don't see a, a reason or a way for it to change you know so 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 you're right educating and, and getting in the practice of reading and learning expanding um perspectives and concepts and intelligence and all that stuff has a long-term long-term effect on on a lot of things yeah 
and even I mean even adults and stuff because like we want to at some point do like a, a like a rescue home for abused women like I mean shoot we know two women that were in those situations not more than two women honestly that are in those situations in and out of those situations you can say now and I mean God forbid it ends in the death of one of them you know what I mean I mean this is ser- this is serious stuff this is not something that is like ah I guess like. Maybe that's the problem we have as Christians, right? Is we see everything as someone else's problem. But if we see the problem, then maybe it's God that brought it to our attention. Like, do something about it, you know. But put our money where our mouth is, too. Because everybody's against abuse of women. Everybody's against abortion. But, oh, okay, let's support an orphanage monthly. Nothing. Oh, okay, well, let's build a, you know what I mean? Let's build a home. And, like, we don't want to do that. And I'm not saying everybody has to do it. But equally, like. I'm just I'm just tired of complaining about issues in my community, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because it's not going to, nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to do anything to make it better. And so we can, you know, we can at least help somebody. Mm-hmm. And so if we do this safe home for women and stuff, and like, let's say a woman is in an abuse situation, abusive situation, she needs to get away. She can come and have, there's like some small, you know, some, I don't know, some place to stay and get away here and like do a six month thing or whatever. You can uh, stay here and, you know, work and whatever and um, for like six months just so it doesn't become like this ultra dependency thing. Save your money up six months, find a place to live or whatever, something like that. But equal in those six months, you can do like introduce her to books and stuff like, yes, you can go back to college and stuff, which is great. But educate yourself as well, like learn how to, to you know what I mean? Just like so that affects everything mm-hmm. and just like discipling her while she's in there and like, so, you know, so on and so forth. And so. Like, it all kind of connects to that. But that, I mean, that's another thing we want to do is be able to build, like, some type of apartment or apartments or mm-hmm. house or something like that for, for people like that in abusive situations. And it, you know what? It might be empty nine, uh, ten months out of the year. Mm-hmm. But is it not worth it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to let somebody come and stay for two months and it possibly could save their lives? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely worth it. It's always empty in there. Yep. But once, once, you know, one month out of the year, you know, somebody, come, whatever, it's, it's worth, to me, it's worth it. Yeah. It is worth it. If we are against these things as much as we say we are, then we have to value each one as, you know what I mean, as an important thing. And you can't fight abuse without fighting abuse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't, I, think, oh, sorry. I was going to say, you can't fight abortion without fighting abortion, right. you know? And, and so it's like, yeah, we're against abortion. We're fighting abortion. How are you fighting it? Posting on Facebook? That's not, that doesn't do anything. Arguing with your friends doesn't do anything. Adopting, that does something. Fostering, that does something. Supporting an orphanage, that does something. Building an orphanage, selling your stuff. And I mean, this is, if, if these are causes that we say are important to us. Helping a mom with lots of children. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. We, just, we just had this like encounter with a mom with, I don't know, the numbers vary. Five children, the next seven. time I heard the story, it was seven children. Mm-hmm. And whatever, and she had a kid, and it was so for her. This is a, there's another arguable point in here. I'm not going to get into that, but for her, it was too much, is what she said. So she walks out the hospital and she hands the baby to someone. First of all, thank God that she at least had the baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm not justifying abortion by any means, but that was, I mean, for, in her mind, that has to be a viable option. If you don't want the baby, that's what because whatever she's too poor, and you can say, oh, well, she shouldn't be getting. Pregnant. We can say all that, but that's all retro, like. You know what I mean? Like, she is pregnant. Mm. Saying she shouldn't have got pregnant doesn't change. You know what I mean? And so just different situations like that. Like, okay, are we against this or are we, you know what I mean? What what are we going to do about it? And so that's essentially what that is. It's like we just choose to do something about it, you know? Yeah. I think think the reason why a lot of people don't do something about it is because they're, like you said, there's so many, but she should have, but he should have, but he could have. And and as far as like the the refuge or the the safe home, uh, refuge home, we will decide to call it. Um, uh, numbers show that abused women tend to return to their abusers, and so you go and and I've seen it many times you try to help a woman or a family who is being abused um, for months, and then they go back to their abusing abused her boyfriend or husband, um, and, and then you kind of feel like, well, that was a waste. You know, and yeah, you ran out of, yeah, you, you, you spend a lot of money and time, but that person at least knows you care about them. And sometimes when abused people feel isolated, they feel alone, they feel like there's mm-hmm. no escape, but at least we could give them that, that if you're ever in a dire situation, 
and and you fear for your life, you you know you can come here. You know yeah. we're not going to be able to change everybody and, and mm-hmm. change everyone's mind and change everyone's circumstance. You know, but everybody just ain't gonna come running to the place either. Right. I know when we have this image of places like that. When people hear this, it's exciting because mm-hmm. they're thinking about all oh, this place and the kids are out back on the playground and there's 10 women in there. And, but that, and maybe, maybe. And equally, I mean, we have friends that work with abused women in other departments. They could send them here. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a possibility. But equally, it's very possible, too. Like I was saying earlier, is that just there's like one woman in there for, you know, here and there. And she's and she goes back and goes, you know what I mean? And like yeah. just kind of. We don't understand it or whatever, you know, that's but that, unfortunately, that's the reality of, of, of human nature is it, you know, obviously, ideally, it would be women coming and praising God and repenting of their sins and mm-hmm. following not their sins of being abused. I'm talking about other stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not their fault. Um, but equal, you know, what I mean, that, that's the ideal picture, but it doesn't always work out like that in, in, in real life. We hope it does. And it can. It's possible. It can, yeah. But it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't always do that. But equally, it's still worth it. You know what I mean? It's just still worth it. Yeah, I'm reminded of uh, like the times in the Dominican Republic when I did street ministry, you know, at night and um, women were walking the streets and I would talk with some of them. They were prostitutes and. And, and so many of their stories were, I don't want to do this. I want to leave. And so I'm like, hey, there's a place. We have a place for you to go, and you can bring your children if you need to, and you'll be safe there. No one will know where you are. Um, okay, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about it. And then, you know, all week I'm waiting on them to show up. Or all, all month I'm like, ah, they're not going to come. I'll see them on the street again the next week. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go. And, and they never make the decision to do it. And so I think that speaks to a deeper issue that, Mm-hmm. a deeper deeper issue that that we just really it, it just shows why we need to rely on, on God to do the inner workings of people's hearts and, and and just us be obedient and providing a place for him to do that yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think a lot of times we get comfortable with the chaos not comfortable in the chaos comfortable with the chaos you know mm-hmm. and there's a small difference of like Jesus uh, being pe- at peace in the storm and like, you know what I mean? And Jesus like adapting the storm as part of his identity in his life. And like, mm-hmm. I think we all fall into that at different times. There's chaotic things in our lives that we don't know what we would do without it. And we become, it becomes who we are, even if we don't say that in those words. And I think in those situations, a lot of times, whether it's abuse or prostitution or whatever, that's what happens a lot mm-hmm. is people they hate it, but equally it's who I am and they don't know who they would be without this. And it sounds weird, but um, it's like that syndrome. What is it called? When people get kidnapped and stuff uh, to country. Can't remember. But it, anyways, you get kidnapped. And I know my mom is probably screaming at the screen right now. Tell me what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you get kidnapped and you, you like fall in love with your kidnapper or something like that, it's like because that just becomes your normal and you, you know, it it doesn't make sense to us because we're not in that situation, but that's your, it becomes your identity and you again identify yourself. And so even though it's terrible, even though it is chaotic and it is like terribly detrimental to your, your survival or your, your, you know, uh, prosperity or whatever you want to call it. um, You take that as who you are. And so it's your identity. So, you know, you think if you lose this, I won't know who I am. And so people get stuck into this and uh, stuck in that stuff and whatever. So it's tough. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. A lot of times like women know they need to get out. They know they shouldn't like this and they don't like it. But equally, this is all I know. Yeah. So it's not easy to just it's like people that complain about their hometown. Like where I'm from, everybody complains about their hometown, but no one wants to leave when it's time to leave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, OK, well, you can either make it better then. Or, I mean, you got to do something. You can't just sit in it, but especially as believers. But you can either make it better or you can move on. And, but then people never move. They just sit in that zone of just, like, complaining, complaining, complaining about it. And, not, you know, nothing ever changes. And, yeah. they, you know, and so, it, and that, I mean, on a, on a grander scale, that's what people, drug addicts and things like that. It's, it's kind of, that, that's kind of what it is. It's like, there's not a lot of people that like being on, being addicted to drugs. They like how they feel when they're on the, you know, but they don't like living in you know someone's abandoned house and with 15 other guys and sleeping in hammocks together and all that like likes that's not the dream life they had for themselves but you you get trapped one but then two it becomes who you are and that's exactly what the enemy wants is he wants us to identify with these circumstances and not identify with you know and it goes back to image and likeness you know what i mean but we all do that right we all we all find this awkward comfort in in some distorted 
identity. Yeah, you know? per- yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. a perversion of who we're created to be. Yeah. And so it's like, it obviously doesn't look as bad though to, to the human eye. It, mm-hmm. Like me doing that with, I don't know, whatever in my life doesn't Pride look. Pride or yeah. not saying you have Yeah, that, yeah. But, you know, well, I mean, we all do, but <laughs> so I do. Um, but me identifying that and not letting it doesn't look as bad as me having holes in my clothes and being looking all drugged out and laying, even though it is equally as bad, if not more, because pride is a big deal. It's, I mean, it's deadly. Yeah. But so it doesn't, so we, we're more accepting of it and whatever. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, and so, yeah, like you said, we all do it. And it's an issue that we all have, you know. But that's a, a beauty and advantage that we get to, uh, that we get to offer, I guess, people in our community is that, yeah, this is our identity, but Jesus says that we are to take, you know, die to that identity and take on a new identity in Christ. And so we're not, I don't know, I guess it's like finding that place where, where you know you are, you will be a new creature in Christ, but also that doesn't change your habits. So then now Mm. we have to walk through that process of transformation and restoration and all that stuff. But at least you start from this base of God says I'm clean, you know, I'm wiped clean. All my sin is dead and gone, mm-hmm. tossed in the bottom of the ocean, you know, never to, you know, be remembered again. And so at least we can, we have that, that, that light, that, that hope for people and saying that, yeah, all of that baggage can now be lifted off. And now let's just walk towards a better, uh, hopeful future for you. You know, I don't know how that all looks and, and it sounds all, all nice and easy and it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not going to be, but, but that's the work that we, we want to do. You know? Absolutely. And it's, it's a long-term work, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. I, I want people to really understand that. And it's not as, as an excuse, but I want people to understand that it is a, it's a very long-term, it's a long-term project, possibly for us at least, possibly long, lifelong. And hopefully there's people that come and, you know, they'll come for maybe a year or whatever and they'll go and come, you know, go or whatever, which is another thing. We need volunteers. So <laughs> we will need volunteers. And it'd be a great time to come now and start learning Spanish and stuff like that. And you can get involved and we can launch stuff. But anyways, um, another thing we want to do is we want to have some businesses. Like, and I'm not talking about cute businesses like an ice cream or snow cone stand, which is great. But like, it, it, that's actually a great idea. But, <laughs> but I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, like, well, no, I'm, what I mean is not just something to, to feel good or whatever. But, uh, you know, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like businesses like... Uh, that really produce stuff. And so we could have people that don't obviously have jobs can go and work there and be excellent. Like, and not, my, yeah. So like, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, like, so if we do a leather shop, like let's produce like the best leather stuff in all of Bolivia. If not, like let's produce like perfection, quality, like Gucci quality mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? There's no reason why we cannot do that. Um, Let's not just make leather crafts and sell them in a, well, this helps people in need. And so people are like buying it like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll help people in need. And then it sits in their shelf for, you know what I mean? Yeah. We want like legitimate stuff to be, you know, be able to make and craft legitimate products to be able to pay people well, but equally to pour that money back into the community and stuff as well. And so it kind of all fits in there. You provide jobs for people in the area. Um, you produce somewhat of an industry or, you know, but you equally bring that money and it goes back into the community and kind of supports the community. The community center can support itself at least somewhat yeah. um, subsidize some of the stuff instead of, you know, um, so the community itself without, cause people don't have a lot of extra money in our community, but people can work. And so by working, you can take care of yourself and equally you're working towards the good of the community as well. And it cycles back yeah. in. So there's several businesses like that, um, that I would, leather shop is one of them. Um, I have the other ones written down and stuff. I may add snow cone shop to it. Uh, Bakery bakery like a legit bakery that makes different stuff everybody makes bread here um which is great but can we make bread at a higher quality you know what i mean can we make cakes at a better quality? you know what i mean stuff like that like again legitimate not cutesy oh buy this cake because it supports people abuse women it supports children in a reading program it supports you know kids sports programs or whatever yeah it does do that but equally this cake is delicious that is the best cake in trinidad like again pointing back to excellence and then really raising, that's how you change the culture and the people as well, is because I work here and now people say that we make the best cakes in Trinidad. I made that. Mm-hmm. I mixed that. I baked that. Mm. I delivered that. You know what I mean? And so I, not only do I get paid in money by this, it doesn't really matter what we pay them. 
the change that happens, that cultural, personal cultural mentality shift that happens there of the excellence of being able to produce the best, that changes, that's worth more than anything you could pay someone. Mm-hmm. They may not realize it, but it, that's life changing, you know. And so just doing that type of stuff. And again, it pours back into we want to p- promote uh, physical health. We want to do some type of um, it would be nice long term to be able to do a full gym mm-hmm. weights and everything like legit stuff, not like cement weights and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if it, anyways, people like messed up backs because they're not exact. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And uh, but equally doing a, a calisthenics park or something like that would be great. And like just promoting physical health. Have somebody come out every once in a while. Oh, Simon here is getting good, uh, and just kind of teach people how to do stuff. You know what I mean? Like just stuff, just promoting these these different things or whatever. Um, media stuff, obviously, like we're doing now is have content. Man, we would like we want to produce so much content. Like I don't I don't talk about this much because I don't know. I think it's overwhelming for people. But yeah, we want to produce a lot of content, and so um, but people doing that type of stuff, and just I mean, really want the church not even just our church in name, but the church to be the best and the, like not competitively the best, but the best to the glory of God. Like we're mm-hmm. doing our best. We are waking up to what God has put inside of us, the tools and the gifts and the talents that he's put in, he's, he's put inside each and every one of us. And we are really maximizing on those talents and those gifts so that we can uh, make an impact in our city of restoration. Yes. But equally building relationships with people in the, in the process in every area of our life and bringing bringing people back to Jesus, letting people know that they are made in God's image and restoring them back through Jesus to his likeness and through that process of sanctification that we're in. And so just all kind of coming together of if he's going to restore all things and we belong to his kingdom, then and we are already but not yet is what they say is we're members of the kingdom, but his kingdom is coming. It's here, but it's not fully here. You know, whatever. That's the whole theological thing you can explain. But we're representatives of his kingdom. So when people see us and come around us, they should see what his kingdom is about and what it looks like. And it's full on restoration of all of creation. And so, yes, we'll water the flowers on the corner. We will plant trees in the community. We will do, you know, all these different things as well. Um, we're not going to be planting trees and ignoring people. That's not what, because that's the tendency yeah. sometimes. We're saving, rescuing dogs and ignoring children. That's um, no, that's not what we're going to do. But equally, we can uh, take care of our community, uh, the, the, the nature part of it, and love the people in it as well and kind of do that as a reflection. And so, you know, I, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of things that we want to do. And so um, that's why buying property is so important. That, but it's the first step. We can't do any of that until we, you know, until we own the property and uh, all this other stuff. And so, um, but I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just felt it was necessary to have this conversation at this time because we have brought up, you know, raising money and stuff. And, you know, some yeah. people have been on board and whatever because they've heard us talking about it. But if people haven't heard us talking about it, this is a good opportunity for them to be able to kind of, um, you know, kind of see really more in detail what we want to do and why we want to buy property is again it's about community restoration it's about restoration on every level Mm -hmm. yes we can do spiritual restoration through the church and that is central but equally there should be implications to spiritual uh, uh, spiritual um, restoration you know um, it's and that really turns into loving one another and just really exuding love in everything that we do and reflecting a love of God for uh, for neighbor for self as well though for self, for neighbor, for enemy, for all, for everybody, and uh, really act being active in that. And when you love yourself, then you you know that turns you you start to get your purpose and you get confidence not in what you can do and who I am, but that you that Jesus sees you as important enough to die for. Mm-hmm. And so you know you don't take pride and, and brag on your own doings, but you brag in what He's done for you. You know, and so uh, you, you brag in Him and His works, and you and you rest in that, and you have peace and hope and everything. And so. If we have peace and hope and joy and all these things, what is the fruit that that produces in our practical life? You know what I mean? It, that's that, and that's what it's really all about. It's not, not just ending it at come to church. That's, that, that's, just, that's not enough, obviously. We've been doing that for generations. And look at the situation that we're in in different places of the world. The United States is one of them. Coming to church is not enough. Restoration has to go deeper. Yeah. Uh, restoration has to, yes, should affect how we vote. Uh, reconciliation, restoration should affect how we vote, but it cannot stop there. It has to go deeper. We have to put, get our fingernails dirty. You know, you get the dirt on your nails. I always get that because I'm always doing stuff. Um, 
to not be ashamed to do that, to not be ashamed to get into mud up to our necks and, you know, helping people out who get muddy with the muddies, you know what I mean? And so on and so forth. Instead of like someone, we do it. If someone's stuck in the mud, we bring a water hose out or a bucket and we throw water on them to clean them off, but we'd never take them out of the mud. So they'll never get clean. And then we dog them and talk bad about them for never being clean. And it's like, that just doesn't work. We've been doing that for generations. It doesn't work. It's time to get in the mud and help some people out. And we get together, we get them, I'm in the mud, Simon comes in the mud, and somebody's pulling the rope, Rudy's pulling the rope on the other side, and we're getting out. And we all, we're all muddy when we get out or whatever, but we can clean off now, together, you know? And so, and that, and that process is what we should look like. It's should Good Samaritan stuff. He's picking up this Jewish guy who would have hated him, carrying this guy, he's obviously bloody, getting blood all over his clothes, carrying this guy. And I don't know if he had a donkey or whatever, I don't remember, but... He equally has to pick him up, carry him, get dirty and nasty, and dude is probably slobbering it, you know, whatever, and carries him into a hotel. So he's putting his reputation on the line and his appearance on the line to help, to help out his enemy. This is a guy who would have treated him as an enemy. And so, you know, so, so if that's the example that Jesus gives us for loving our neighbor, then are we really loving our neighbors? You know, and so that's what the community center for me personally is about. It's about loving our neighbors. And really, it's not even about us and this and that. It's about being obedient to who, what God has called us to do. And I don't even mean us as just Ramon, Melinda, Simon, Rudy, whoever. I mean, us as believers. Like he wasn't just that. He didn't write that verse for just for just us at this table. He wrote that for believers as a whole. And so, I mean, I, I really feel like everybody supposed is called to participate in this type of ministry. And it's something that we should see more often. Um, you know, on whatever level, whether supporting it or volunteering once a week or whatever, I don't know. That's a different thing. But this is something that we should see more often because this is who we are. We are uh, people of reconciliation and restoration. And that, sh that should be really what our lives are committed and dedicated to. Um, because great is his reward for us later. And so if his reward is greater for us now, then I shouldn't be overly concerned with treasures and rewards right now. We're moth and rust dis uh, destroy and thieves break in and steal. You know, so we store up our treasures in heaven because we know the reward is great. And so a lot of times we have these dream ideas, dream car, dream this. And we give 10 years towards achieving our dream car. And then like I just, <laughs> that's not my treasure. I just always wanted it. Well, you spent 10 years <laughs> saving up for it. You know what I mean? How is it not your treasure? <laughs> like, mm. How is it not your treasure? You see the treasure hunter movies. They're always like, oh, I spent 15 years looking for this. And it's always the sun comes in two weeks. He finds it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but I've spent my, I dedicate my whole life. And like, because it's literally a treasure. It's the same thing. And so, but that's not what we're here for. I'm not telling anybody they can or can't have anything. I'm just saying that this is what, as a community of believers, this is what our life is supposed to be, out, be about. Restoration and relationships and reconciliation for the glory of God. And not just going to church on Wednesdays or Sundays or even three days a week. Whew. It's not about that. It's not just about having worship nights and all that. Oh, I'm a Levite. No, you're not. You're a believer. You're a Gentile, first of all, but you're a believer. And so as a believer, you're called to love, love your neighbor, uh, love your neighbor as yourself and equally love your enemy. And you can't do that by just being in church all the time. Uh, yes, go to church. Yes, do that. But church is never, was never and, and never will be a valid excuse for not loving your neighbor. It won't be. It will never be a valid excuse for uh, not pursuing reconciliation in every area of your life. It never will be. And so we just need to get out of that habit. And that's kind of what we want to kind of change um, in the church cycle here as well. But we can do that through example of the community center of what restoration looks like and stuff. So more or less, I mean, we've talked, we've talked for a long time. So I've talked for a long time. Simon said like one thing. but <laughs> which, which was, I really expected Simon to speak more because I know that that was one of the very first things I learned about you as far as like a, a passion of, of something you wanted to do in the future, you know, because mm. because when you came, I didn't really know what what it was you were going to do. I knew you were going to help in the football program. But then when Ramon said he, he told me, you know, some I was chatting with Simon and he said one of the things he, he's always really wanted to do was uh, community center work. And I was like, oh. Wow, that that's a, a shocker yeah. to me. And we sat down, we had that conversation when you first came, and it was like that Spider-Man meme. Like, because <laughs> like he said, it, he threw me off when he said community center. Because I was like, have I told him that we wanted to do that? And I just met him like two days before, so it was like, or something like that. I don't know yeah, how it was, yeah. but like, I was like, no, I haven't told who. And I just, I probably looked at him like he probably thought I was like, ugh. But I was looking at him like, wait, how did he know that? And he didn't know that. It's just something he wanted to do. And so it's like, oh, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so, you know, kind of went from there. And so, yeah. So I was like, don't run them off. <laughs> no, just yeah. <laughs> you weren't going to run anyone off. But, uh. So, yeah. Well, anything else there? I'm not. Nope, you covered it all. Uh, no, I didn't. Because like, there's any more things to talk about. Yeah. But that, I mean, you get the idea, and that's what it is. We can't talk about every. We can, but it's going to be long. Uh, every individual thing. Right. But we want you to get the idea why we're raising money, why we, uh, why do we need this property to to move on and whatever. And I guess you can say you don't need it. Okay, well, don't give. That's that's fine. I mean, you know, no one's obligated to give, regardless of our relationship status if we're best friends, if we're family or whatever. But we want you to really understand what we're trying to do here. And be a part of it if you can. And yeah, absolutely yeah. be a part of it. Like, and invite you to be a part of it. Maybe mm-hmm. you haven't uh, given to the ministry or whatever before. And w- I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you had some different questions and stuff. Hopefully we answered some of those. And so, yeah, so that you can be a part of it. Those who are interested in things like this, those who, uh, this kind of message that we believe in and are kind of been talking about today resonates with you. Um, you can be a part of this, you know, and so I don't know how long it's going to take. I, and I'm, I don't care because I'm committed to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I know how necessary this is, not just in Trinidad, man, it's necessary everywhere, but I live in Trinidad. So that's where, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, you know, the reason we're doing it for. So if you want to be a part of this, then we have, you can go to redroots.org, redroots.org. And there's a, a donate tab or whatever, and you can click, uh, what does it say? Building fund or something like that. Property you, fund. Property fund. You can like mm-hmm. earmark it for that. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, so we're trying to raise, I guess now we're trying to raise $12,000 uh, to get towards the next piece of property. And we'll be doing this periodically, you know. I know it's the holiday season and stuff, but equally, we're still going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, if you want to be a part, you can go to... Yeah, redroots.org, and you can kind of give through there. If you have any questions or whatever, you can write us an email, write a comment on the video or whatever. Uh, email is, um, you can do info at redroots.org or redrootsinc at gmail.com. Find Either us way. on Facebook, or find us on Instagram, Facebook. whatever. Ramon Gore, Simon. It's, I'm sorry, Simon, I put you on there too. They can ask Simon all the questions. <laughs> no, you, for Simon, Simon Howling, Ramon Gore, Melinda Gore. Uh, you can find us and reach out to us anyway. You call us 304-810-7059. <laughs> My phone never rings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're pretty transparent with this. Like, we, you know, we don't have many secrets, but if there's some questions or whatever you have, um, yeah, call or encouragement or prayers as well. We welcome all that. Absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully we look forward to hearing from some of you. Thank you for listening. I know this. I think this was a little bit longer. Maybe it's the same as always. I don't remember. But um, really appreciate your love and your support. And uh, yeah, just thanks for, uh, for being patient with this. And um, it's not patient. Just for thanks for listening to this episode specifically, I guess, because this is something, this is an important episode. This is something that, um, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This, and that's kind of why we want to do it um, theologically, but even practically, like we named a lot of things today. So thank you. Uh, we love you. And we appreciate you. And you'll hear from us next week. Provecho. <laughs>